0: It's been 10 years since South Africans saw the terrifying images of police shooting and killing 34 miners at Marikana. But a decade later there are still many unanswered questions. Now, in this special investigation in collaboration with Viewfinder, we uncover never before seen documents detailing incidents of police brutality, torture and cover-ups in the days following the bloody massacre. Why has not a single police officer been held to account for what transpired on that fateful day? And how, if at all, has the Marikana massacre changed policing in South Africa? Macfarlane Muledi went in search of answers.
1: The police's massacre of 34 striking miners at Marikana in the Northwest on 16 August 2012 remains a blemish on the nation's conscience. This month saw the 10-year anniversary of the massacre commemorated at Marikana. Still, no one within the police has been held accountable for the killings. Today, silence has returned to the scene. Many miners still live in poverty, in shacks on the plains surrounding some of the country's most lucrative platinum mines. Kolaninzusa was a strike leader who witnessed the deaths of some of his closest comrades. Kolan, it's been now ten years. Mungabang about that day. When you just reflect
2: ngai the day, what what comes to your mind?
3: The
2: time was around 4 p.m. We were sitting here. I was still up there on the hill. The police had run to go block that side. Then, it was just gunshots. So when the gunshots started, the workers came running back to this side. You know, I witnessed people being dragged around, as if they were lifeless dogs. The other workers helped me to escape. They were concerned that no one would be able to testify. If we were all killed. In the aftermath of the
1: massacre, then President Jacob Zuma instituted a commission of inquiry chaired by retired judge Ian Farlem. David Bruce is one of South Africa's leading policing experts and followed the proceedings closely. David, in the immediate aftermath of Marikana, why do you think the police did not pursue any disciplinary investigations into some of the conduct of its own members?
4: The short answer to that is that the SAPS took the position that it had done nothing wrong at Marikana and throughout the commission of inquiry that was the approach that they followed. But then what you have at the commission is a large number of members of the SAPS um, going to enormous lengths to mislead the commission as to what had happened at Marikana.
1: The commission soon learned that the police's attempted cover-up likely started within hours of the shooting. Photos submitted as exhibits to the commission suggested that weapons had been planted on the bodies of minors shot and killed at scene two of the massacre, where police killed 17 people. One of the eventual outcomes of the Farlum Commission process was a series of recommendations that the police should initiate steps against senior police managers who lied under oath, against those who failed to probe the conduct of officers involved in the massacre and against those officers implicated in the massacre itself. In response to queries, the police said in a statement that it does not discuss labor related matters in public. The atrocity of Marikana did not end with the shootings on 16 August 2012. In the days and the weeks after the massacre, police arrested more than 200 minors and detained them at stations dotted around the area. Many alleged that they were beaten and tortured while in custody. Kolan believes that his arrest and torture in October 2012 was part of a plot by police to silence him from testifying at the Fahlam Commission
3: so when
2: they eventually arrested me they took me to the police station at Marikana on the morning of the 17th of October they beat me to a pulp they tortured me by cuffing my hands to a chair and then lifted the chair. Today it is still painful for me to lift anything heavy for even just five minutes. They cuffed my hands behind the chair and they kept stepping on the handcuffs. They put a plastic bag over my head and poured water in and tied it. Yes, I remember their faces. I know them. Police documents
1: obtained by Investigative Journalism Unit Viewfinder showed that the Independent Police Investigative Directorate took statements from Zorza and more than 150 minors who allege police assaulted or tortured them in custody. The police watchdog IPID's investigations identified 77 police officers implicated in these crimes and made disciplinary recommendations against many of them. But police management refused to initiate a single disciplinary hearing and exonerated all of these officers. Police Commissioner Fani Semola responded to queries saying that the decision to clear the 77 officers was based on substantial evidence and supported by the then National Commissioner.
4: In relation to Marikana, you have a very clear message being sent out at the highest level of the SAPS, that if you are implicated in the misuse of force, the leadership of the organization will cover for you. And so that message has permeated the organization.
1: 10 years on, the police have still not accounted for the massacre at Marikana. Every year since, the SAPs have killed hundreds of people. And in an organization that does not value transparency, who's to say that many such killings are not, in fact, cold-blooded murders? CCTV footage captured in Durban a few weeks after the Marikana massacre shows just how brazen such murders and attempts at covering them up can be. Here, a robbery suspect is fleeing the scene of a shootout with police where an officer has been shot and killed in the suburb of New Germany. The police are in pursuit. Also shot and badly injured, the suspect is seen lying on the pavement soon thereafter. When he moves unexpectedly, police captain Dumisane Dada delivers a fatal gunshot to his head. Shamila Williams was the IPED investigator who responded to the scene.
3: I remember there was a a victim that was shot and killed by the police. When I arrived there, you know, people's attitudes towards me, they were a bit aggressive. But I still continued with my investigation process, the scene, you know, tried to figure out what transpired and then um, there were things at the scene that did not add up. So I insisted that they should actually open a murder charge
1: Williams was right to be suspicious. Captain Dladla is caught on camera as he plants a firearm on the pavement next to the victim's hand shortly before she arrives on the scene. Not knowing that his crime and attempted cover-up has been caught on camera, Captain Dladla would later claim to have acted in self-defense. It was
3: just strikingly um, shocking To actually see that um, how the the police uh, officer actually shot and killed in cold blood—that's what I saw on the CCTV. The suspect who had surrendered at that stage, and how they had tempered with evidence at the scene, you know, to try and hide the crime.
1: Despite the shocking CCTV footage and a recommendation from police watchdog IPID that Dada be disciplined for his crimes, police management in KwaZulu-Natal acquitted Captain Dada in a disciplinary hearing. His employee profile shows that he was promoted in rank that same year and given a medal for an irreproachable character and exemplary conduct. Zada was later convicted of murder in court, but because he was not sentenced to prison, he remained in the police service.
2: Unfortunately, sir, there is no statement that I'm going to provide. You know I am not allowed to talk to journalists. You can do that via the SAPS spokesperson.
1: The police in KwaZulu-Natal did not respond to our queries as to why Zada was acquitted. The shootings at Marikana and the murder of a suspect on the streets of New Germany in Durban may be 10 years behind us, but there's every indication that the culture of abuse and impunity remains entrenched within the police service today. In his inaugural address in April, the country's new police commissioner, Fani Semola, committed to address the low levels of public trust and the issue of integrity within police. But this rhetoric is not new. In the police's annual report for the year of the Marikana massacre, police commissioner Ria Pieja said that integrity and discipline were fundamental to police work. In the decades since, the police have been accused of thousands of killings and tens of thousands of acts of brutality. Yet almost none of these cases have led to disciplinary convictions, much less dismissals. As happened in response to the Marikana assault and torture cases, police management still tends towards overruling watchdog recommendations to exonerate officers implicated in crimes. Masemola's office responded to queries, saying that he intends to deal decisively with complaints against the police through the police's inspectorate, community imbezos and awareness campaigns for officers on the importance of ethical conduct and integrity. He is applying his mind towards enhancing the current disciplinary system.
4: Addressing the legacy of Marikana is something that is unavoidable for the SAPS if it wants to establish itself as a police service which is trusted by members of the public.
2: I wanted all of them to be lined up so that I can identify them and say it was this one and this one. They did not allow for that. It is so heavy for me to speak about this because there has been no action taken against the police. I have not heard of any police officers that were arrested. So, my brother, I don't trust the police at all.
0: This isn't the first time we've reported on a lack of accountability in the police, and sadly, it won't be the last. How can South Africans be expected to entrust their lives to a police force that so often callously takes the law into its own hands, with little to no regard for the citizens of this country? Thank you for listening. For more episodes, be sure to subscribe to Carte Blanche, the podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. While you're at it, why not rate and review us? We love hearing from our listeners.